to see um and please excuse me I might have a bit of a cough but I'm kind of on a roll um I kind of took a few hits of off of a pipe of some indica so um I think that contributed to me starting to cough a little bit um my sinuses don't really do too well with with anything, to be honest. Um, but anyways, enough about all that. Um, so today's topic, we're going to touch on Gobekli Tepe. I might be saying this incorrectly. I don't really fluently speak any other languages than English and all the people who I'm listening to seem to say the word that way I don't know any Turkish languages um so that's how I'm gonna pronounce it but we're gonna be focusing on this um megalithic structure site so there's a lot that comes up. Some of it, originally, of course, it came from, uh, you know, just lately I've been looking into a lot of content about Egypt. And, you know, the more and more people talk about ancient sites, you know, the more I start seeing stuff about pyramids and the more I start coming across stuff about pyramids, Gobekli Tepe kept popping up every, not every time, but often. So I'm going to get into some of the interesting things that um, are being spoken about regarding this site. So let's talk a little bit about what is known about what it is. So it seems near 1994, there is a farmer in Turkey who was plowing his field and came across this kind of rock that had like a kind of, uh, I don't know what the shape is called. The the closest thing I can think of is it reminds me of Tetris. (laughs) Um... So, kind of like a single step, you know, like, or two steps. So, say if it looked like you were going up one step and then up to a second step, it looked like maybe two steps like that, like, uh, but of course, you know, because these are megaliths, monoliths, um, they're thinner, like, you know, usually a staircase is wide, you know, or even steps, they're usually wide, like, this would be, like, if you imagine, like, maybe two steps about the width of your foot, and, um, 
that's about what it looked like on one side and then there was like a flat top and then the other side just you know was flat it didn't have any steps to it um so one side had like what looked like two steps the other side had no steps the top was flat so it basically looked like a little two-step thin narrow platform um but the that's the top of the of the structure that was sticking up um from where this farmer was plowing so you know they refer to these types of pillars as monoliths or megaliths um and um so i i i hear a lot of different information some people say that the megaliths are 20 feet tall i've heard people say that they're 20 some of them weighed as much as potentially 20 tons um but they say it's the world's largest megalithic site that's been found and you know not only that but it it basically just challenges a lot of what archaeologists and historians um teach about you know the history of humankind you know, when we start looking at these migrational patterns and, like, who got where, when, and how they were there, and why they were there, um, so a lot of questions start coming up, um, they state that, I guess maybe I should talk about this first, um, that, um, hmm. no, uh, they state that, the site is at least 20 sorry is at least 12,000 years old at least 12,000 years old um some people say you know near 13,000 years old um and I mean, it's hard for me to even, like, think of how old that that is. I mean, if you think about, um, at least in the U.S., most of the modern history that, or maybe even not modern, but even when we go back to, like, ancient times, usually they talk about, you know, approximately uh, 2,020-something years ago, you know, when Jesus was on the earth. Um, and if you compare now you know, how people live now to how people lived then, we have a range, right? When you look at things, there's a range even between now and like 2000 some odd years ago of how people lived, what was going on, um, you know, um, how people thought, how people, you know, how cultures were. Um, like, if you look at the most modern technological cultures um, and societies that we have today um, and then compare them to how things looked in Jesus' time, I mean, like, whoa, you know, um, there's so much different stuff that, you know, you know, there's some stuff, there's definitely similarities you know, um, but definitely differences as well, um, and, 
you know, one thing that I do notice too, that someone else mentioned is that, you know, there are still people in society that live similar to how people lived 2000 years ago. There are still societies like that. Um, and I'm not here to judge them or anything. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. So it's like, we're all coexisting on this earth at the same time. There's some people who, even though there's modern technology, you know, I, I struggle using the word advanced, but I know that that word comes up. So I, I might say it a little bit too, but I don't really know, um, you know, what I think about that term. It feels a bit judgy and it feels a bit like, like I would be implying that, um, people who use modern technologies are more is is a more advanced method compared to ancient technologies or ancient methods and I'll get into that a little bit at the end but um I don't truly believe that um I don't truly believe that on every level like on the surface it might look that way yeah, we have Wi-Fi and all this like really cool stuff and Bluetooth and, you know, you know, electric cars and Tesla and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of flaws, you know, in, a, in, in uh, modern technological cities, you know, politically and all these types of things. There's some methods of thinking and definitely poverty rates and all these types of things that it's like, yeah okay, we can call it advanced, but then there's this other part that's like, that doesn't sound very advanced, that people sleep on the sidewalk and, you know, aren't taken care of and that mental illness is on the rise and, you know, some people, some advanced, if you want to put that in quotes or whatever, some advanced societies have, you know, um, a lot of, like, obesity rates and health problems and all these other things so it's like in a way yeah technologically advanced as far as like devices and you know cars and transportation and that kind of thing but sometimes it's like the ways of thinking are kind of backwards there's not a lot of equality you know there's a lot of like weird like political strange like manipulation and you know greedy money hungry people that are just like destroying the earth and all this other kind not that people that have money or are rich are destroying the earth all the time but I'm thinking like major corporations that couldn't care less that are going through like in the Amazon or other places on earth and trying to like destroy like tribal areas just to like take the benefits of the resources for whatever their company is you know they can get cheap resources and sell it, you know, or even exploitation of labor, laborers, sweatshops in other countries and stuff. Like, I wouldn't call that kind of stuff advanced. And so that's why I kind of struggle with saying like, okay, technologically advanced or whatever, it makes it seem like, okay, better than when people were not even having like electricity and used oil lamps, you know, so I don't think it's necessarily better in every way and I feel like maybe I'm looking into it too much but I feel like um, it's not better in every single way and so I kind of do struggle with 
you know, the terminology of technological advancement. Um, but I understand, you know, and I use that and I do say that too, but I just want to make it clear that I don't believe that it's always 100% better. There are benefits and costs to any kind of way of living. Um, I don't think most ways you can really compare, you know, now to 2,000 years ago, now to 6,000 years ago, now to 12,000 years ago. I don't know how to compare all that. So um, it's just kind of a thought that's been coming up Um, because I feel like we're kind of taught to think that way. We're kind of taught to think, okay, we're going to, you know, anything that's newer is better than what was older. Um, I don't, I don't think I really believe that. Um, but anyways, um, okay. Uh, and I'm adding one more note. Um, okay. So we'll get back to that kind of thing at the end, but you know, I just, I don't want people to think that I'm meaning something that I'm not meaning when I'm using certain certain terminology. It's just I don't know how else to say it, you know. Um, So, uh, yeah. So they say that the site is at least 12,000 years old. Um, They state that the first city was not Gobekli, not Gobekli Tepe, but the first city, I believe, like, in Damascus or something, uh, is about 11,000 years old, um, and they say that how Gobekli, Gobekli Tepe is about, uh, is at least 12,000 years old, that is two times the age of Stonehenge and the Egyptian pyramids. Um, so that's old, right? And um, the complication is that, you know, the belief that we're taught, at least in, in throughout history, is that you know, humans kind of went from these really kind of primitive lifestyles of not really knowing how to do a lot of stuff and then slowly learned more and developed into doing more technologically advanced types of things. Therefore, their lives became better and they became better and they they were better. So as things go on, over the years, over decades, over centuries, you know, potentially the idea is that humans are getting better and more evolved compared to way back 12,000 years ago. It would be assumed that those people wouldn't be as advanced as we are now in many ways, and especially when it comes to construction of things that we don't even know how to do. Um, or like the pyramids, we still haven't figured that out. There's plenty of theories out there and nobody really knows for sure. Um, and we'll get into that kind of stuff in a, in another episode. Um, but yeah, to think that some, that there's a site 
uh, twice as old as the famous Stonehenge and Egyptian pyramids. I mean, we're still struggling with Stonehenge and the Egyptian pyramids and how they got those built. And now, you know, they're finding things that are over 12,000 years old that they don't even know who made it. And so it's super, it's super interesting. And this wasn't that long ago, 1994, right? So this area had been there. This guy has this property. Um, I believe they say Gobekli Tepe means um, Potbelly Hill. Um, And that area, I mean, it has a name. People knew of it. But I guess maybe the knowledge had been lost or um, nobody really knew what it was. And so apparently this guy had it as part of his property and he was plowing and found stuff. And in 1994, um, Klaus Schmidt was, we'll get into that, but he came in and started excavating the site. Um around that time period and that's when they found out that it was more than that little like step looking thing that had first been found when the farmer was plowing they found more of them and they're deeper down into the earth of this hill area um they state um regarding this site so it's basically if you look at pictures you can find images of it pictures of the of the parts that are the most excavated at at this at this current time they state you know a lot of times they've used um laser technology they haven't completely excavated the site but oftentimes they've used laser technology or I don't know if it's a laser. It's some type of technology where they can tell what's going on beneath the surface of the earth without having to excavate every single area. So they can tell that there's these different layers. Um, And and Gobekli Tepe alone, if they're just looking at this first uh, or most of the first or part of the first, I don't know exactly what they're including in this, but they say that um, it would have taken 50 men one week to move one of the monolithic pillars from the limestone quarry site um and this site i believe was really far away um let me see if i wrote down any information about how far i don't think i know how far so basically and i don't and i wrote a note here that i'm not sure if they meant when they said 50 men moving one pillar for one week from the limestone quarry. Um, I don't know if they meant that that's three weeks straight without sleep, like just the calculation, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, one week, sorry, not three weeks, 50 men, one week. Does that mean just however many, um, hours there are in one week? Or does that mean, um, how many you know, hours, if you include like a normal sleep-wake schedule where say you sleep, I don't know, six to eight hours a, a night and you still have to like eat and get food and, you know, do other stuff. Um, you can't just be straight up like 
doing this for a week. Um, but I was thinking if, if they say 50 men would take one week for one pillar, then if you double that, then it would be 100 men would be half a week, right? For one pillar. And then... Um, so it takes 50 men one week for one pillar. So basically, if you do the math, if you add more people, um, this could have gotten done. But it sounds like the limestone quarry wasn't anywhere nearby. And these um, massive, these pillars are massive and heavy. They're massive and, and heavy. Um, they have like animal carvings. Some of them have these animal carvings protruding out and everything. Um, uh, it says that it would take over 300 hours to carve each animal. Um, 300 hours, I mean, uh, trying to do math in my head. Uh, that's less, that's like 12 days. So, I mean, it doesn't sound excessive. Like, it's a lot, but it's like, I mean, ask some of us how long we spend playing video games, you know? It's like, people spend a lot of time doing stuff, you know? Um, and you know I don't know I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who watch hundreds of hours of television you know and things like that so it's like yeah it would be maybe super complex but the thing is because it's such a long time ago they didn't believe that this was possible such a long time ago it's not so much that it's possible Right, because they're not saying this is impossible. Like it's amazing, it's great, it's old. Um, they're not looking at it like they do with the pyramids. How they're like, wow, like how the heck did they do this? Like we don't even know. Like it's just with the time period being so long ago, and with there not really being any proof of who did it, like which culture of people did this. Um, and there's other, like, strange things that just make it even more mysterious, um, that we'll get into, but, um, it's not necessarily that it's impossible, right? Because if you're like, okay, it would take 50 men a week to move one, it's like, it's not like there were, like, hundreds of thousands of these monoliths, like, there's an amount that you can count, at least with the ones that are sticking out so far, and so it wouldn't be impossible if you had, like, 50 to 200 people to like get something like this done um but you know and and you know 300 hours for one of the animals is not like there were like 8 trillion carvings and then they're like how did they carve all of these you know like it's a relatively small region it's not like it's as big as like the city of los angeles or something like it's not like that huge but it's more so the issue is that the time period and what was taught historically about the people of those time periods, you know, thinking even Stonehenge, 
the pyramids in, in Egypt like six to seven thousand years ago and we don't even know about that and now you take something double the amount of time in history and it's like how did they make this um you know considering that they would have been assumed to not even be as advanced as the people in, who made Stonehenge or the Great Pyramids. They would have been considered to be considerably less um, advanced in building and things like that. And even like if we think today, so if you think Jesus' time, 2,000-something years ago, compare our architecture and things now to then and then take 2,000 years ago around Jesus' time, go back six, 7,000 years ago, and you have Stonehenge and um, you have Stonehenge and the Great Pyramids in Egypt and a lot of other sites, and then go back double that amount of time, go back about twelve to 13,000 years ago, and there's Gobekli Tepe. And then if you think even like the city of Damascus about 11,000 years ago and whatnot, if you think about these types of things, it's like a very, it's, it challenges just the linear, I guess that's what it is, the linear idea of how uh, humans were able to construct either buildings or anything like megaliths or any type of site that would have taken a large amount of people or a lot of manual labor and movement of things that like we don't know how they moved them like there's no proof of how it was moved or where it was moved like I believe they did find a a limestone quarry um but it sounds like it was really far away and because these are like um, a lot of these megaliths are like they're a single pillar. It's not like it's multiple pieces creating a pillar. A pillar like they're relatively thin, uh, like not like super thin, like like a sheet of paper thin, but like they're thin. Like, um, uh, but still heavy, and so. They would have had to move them. And. Okay. So. Let me see. Looking at these notes. So. Basically. So Gobekli Tepe has these. It's technically like three circle. Looking. Structures. Like kind of what it looks like. It's three round wall. Type of structures. um, With these t-shaped megalithic pillars sticking up um that have carvings on them some of them have carvings some of them don't and then it has um uh what do you call it um they mentioned something about like a triangle like the three the way they're set up is that the three uh circle circular looking structures make like this type of a triangle um they say that each of those three circles one of them would take one year to complete and another one of the yeah so basically the main issue is that 
Um, it was not believed that hunter-gatherers could come together in such large, gigantic numbers of people and, in addition, be able to build a site that requires so much human involvement with their out being like human remains, right? And then there's all these questions like, what the heck is this site? Why is it there? Why did nobody even know about it? I mean, like before 1994 or so, or whatever, around 1994-ish, nobody really knew what it was. This site, I guess the hill itself had a name. This guy owns this land. He didn't even know what was under there. Um, and so it was left or forgotten or we don't know and um you know it I believe I heard somewhere too that it was purposely buried somebody or some group purposely buried the site which is why it was under that mound under that hill um and he was plowing in that area for what reason uh I don't I don't know I mean it was his farm like um so you would think if people knew that it was like a very important site or something like that this like historical how would he even have the land you know what I mean it's like it wasn't in Turkey it wasn't seen as like a an important historical site until they found these megaliths um and then I think uh, they they contacted these uh, th- they contacted um, some German authorities. Uh, that's how Klaus Schmidt got involved in the excavation portion of things. Um, so, and it's interesting. Like I never learned about this in school. Like I never learned about it um, when I was younger. Um, I mean, I was in school, I graduated high school in, in, uh, 2002, and so this was still relatively new information back then, I guess, in the early, early 2000s, so, um, I mean, we only, I guess, really known about it for, like, eight or so years, uh, I don't ever remember hearing about it, though, so, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting, um, that I've been hearing about it more now than ever. Like, I've heard about it more in 2023. I don't think I've ever even heard of the site before. And when I saw pictures, um, I don't think I'd ever really seen pictures of, of the site before either. So I don't really know. Um, uh, maybe it's the algorithm. I don't know what's up, but, um... I always blame the, blame the algorithm, right? Um, but yeah, that's not the only... I mean, we're going to keep going. There's still more mysterious stuff, but that's just a very introductory confusion, you know, that is coming up, is that, you know, um, it wasn't believed that any of this was possible because we've always been taught that there's this, like, linear method to like human development and everything but then when we start looking it's like is it really linear because it's like the great pyramids are like amazing you know and that wasn't I mean that was like six seven thousand years ago 
you know, and, you know, um, meaning that during, you know, Jesus' time, that would have still existed. It's not like the pyramids were, like, covered and hidden, you know, um, but it's interesting, too, like, I don't think the pyramids are mentioned in the, in the Bible, uh, I mean, there's quite a bit about Egypt, at least in Exodus and some other places. I believe there were some census time periods, and I think, I could be wrong, but I think Jesus had to go to Egypt, right? Or was that somewhere else that he had to go? Um, I don't uh, I don't even want to say things that are, like, completely wrong. I don't know why in my head there was some kind of census or something. Let me see. Um, let me see, look that up real quick. Uh, I don't know. Oh, so yeah, Jesus is, went to Egypt to escape from Herod, um, when he was slaughtering the baby boys in Bethlehem. So he left. He he did go to he was taken to Egypt. Um so yeah, I did think that there was something about Jesus in Egypt. There wasn't like a whole lot of information, but it's like I mean Egypt was a place that, you know, even in the New Testament was known about. Um I mean, it's not like it was, like, a small little dinky place. Like, it was a major... It would be like if somebody didn't know, you know, uh, about the U.S. existing in today's time, you know? Like, that's not very common that people don't know. Um, It's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, one of the major world centers and everything. So, all right, I'm getting way off topic with this Egypt stuff, but... Let's bring it back. So, okay, so basically, history teaches that hunter gather. Is that where I am? History teaches that hunter gatherer cultures um, uh, didn't have structures, that they didn't have agriculture, um, that they didn't have like communities, cities, that kind of thing. Um, like, yeah, maybe communities, like, small groups, like, small hunter-gatherer groups, not, like, massive, like, cities where people were staying in one spot all the time forever, never any kind of, like, migrational patterns. Um, I believe hunter-gatherers kind of have to move around. Like, I don't think they always, always, like, every single group always stays in the same exact ancestral place. I think they have to go with the... Like, if there's winter and summer or whatever, like, they have to go with where they can find food and shelter. They can't just, I don't know, it kind of depends on the country and stuff, too, I guess. Like, I don't really know. But, um, not necessarily nomadic, but, you know, they would, uh, have some aspect of that, probably, probably. And so, that's usually the belief, is that back then, uh, the people weren't, they weren't supposed to be doing stuff like this, basically. Um, um, 
and so some somewhere along the along the lines you know we didn't really get that right with that linear thinking of like you know everything everything that comes next is better than what was what was before um and so yeah um there are a lot of questions you know like what was the motive what were the motives of the people for making this site um they don't even know who made the site people are asking are they survivors of a lost civilization who were these people um the carvings i believe the carvings are of like animals and different types of things but i don't think it's like actual written script and if it is if there is written script i don't know if this is one of those sites where they said that they don't know what it says because they can't read the script or i could be wrong about this completely there might not be any written script but uh like on like carved into any of these any areas like but there's no written script there's as far as I know but if there is it doesn't seem like it says anything about who the people are um either they either it's something that can't be read or understood or it it doesn't say anything that's uh significant to like who these people are um that made this um so they mentioned that there's evidence of use of tools right so there there were tools found out the, at the site um they found butchered uh wild animal bones at the site but the other weird part is that there are no human remains no domesticated plants um and it's not fully excavated yet and so they were saying um that um those things are kind of strange right like because some people say there's kind of like maybe like two thoughts of like what this site is like some people believe it was some type of ritualistic type of site maybe something for like uh, like a burial or funeral type thing or religious type thing or you know ceremonial type of place where maybe people would go and gather or something or it was built like for a ceremonial reason and then there are other beliefs that it is um there are other beliefs that it's not ceremonial um and that potentially people could have lived in it like it would have been a dwelling area but there's no evidence of any of that like there's no at least so far they haven't found like buried bodies they haven't found um any like inhabit like the reason why i think they mentioned the the plants no domesticated plants or human remains is that you know it means that like maybe not everybody was there and then just suddenly got killed you know people weren't it doesn't appear that people were living at this site it didn't appear to be like a hub where people went and like i don't know shopped or whatever like there was nothing like 
specific there's nothing in the remains that shows like specifically what it is like the carvings don't show what it is people don't know who the heck built this place the modern day people who know of the area didn't even know that it was there it looks like it was purposely buried that's already another weird thing it's like it was there and then the people who somebody decided to bury it either the people themselves or some people after them I don't know but the people themselves or the people after them maybe decided to bury the site maybe for preservation maybe to hide it who knows what that was about either but it was preserved enough because it's been under earth for so long um it seems like it was a protective measure but also it's like okay well is all the knowledge lost then like what you know happens um uh there's so much um and this is this these notes are compiled from like watching multiple videos and uh hearing some lectures and things like i i don't have all the questions i don't have all the answers i don't have any answers i have probably more questions than answers personally but you know basically there's a lot that we don't know and we'll keep going so basically um I mean, that might be a bit of a clue if they're butchered wild animal bones. It's, I mean, I don't know about what people were doing 12,000, 13,000 years ago. But just from what I know about some ancient cultures and ancient traditions, even with modern people, it's not uncommon for there to be sacrifices um, even today, you know, in a lot of cultures when there's like a birthday or a circumcision or a wedding or a birth or something there, you know, there are reasons why certain cultures and their traditions might butcher a goat or butcher a certain animal or even for like ceremonial or religious reasons, sacrificing animals and I mean, even biblically, you see that a lot. There's sacrificial, you know, they're sacrificing all all the time. They're they're sacrificing animals often. Um, that's a part of the lifestyle in that time in that time period in that area with those groups of people. And um, I don't know, like maybe it's a place where people ate. I don't know why someone would go through that much effort to build something that looked like so extravagant just for people to come and eat there. But maybe they ate. Maybe it was like a safe haven for people to if they were starving and they could come eat. I don't know. I have no idea. I I don't know. But for there to be butchered wild animal bones, that means that animals were being killed there for some reason or another. I mean... There aren't that many reasons why animals get killed. Um, they get killed for research. They get killed for eating. They get killed for rituals. Um, I don't know that many other reasons why animals get butchered, especially if it's in larger quantities where they're not finding that much stuff there, but they're finding tools, they're finding animal bones, and they're not finding any other type of stuff that would show that like human humans would be living there. Um, 
so you know it's one thing if people are eating somewhere but it's like well if they're not living where they're eating I don't even know if it's eating you know it's like are they eating are they you know I don't know I don't know like I but that's kind of what comes to my mind I'm like you know I, I maybe can't fully think outside of the box on this one but um you know that's what comes to my mind um I think it was when they talked about Dr. Lee Claire um they I don't know okay so they talked about something that was confusing and other people might need to look this up but they talked about this uh concept of these like three layers so there's the layers with these like megaliths there's these other layers and then they mentioned you know that when they started trying to build a like a, a like a tent type of uh structure on top of this so that people could come look at it visit it you know see the place um they um started constructing this kind of like canopy type thing and um so they they had to do some form of digging along the outsides of this site to have this canopy put up and in that process they said that in the bedrock um they found grain processing areas they found rainwater collection areas they found something that resembled maybe housing areas but again you know to have housing grain processing rainwater collection why you know why were there no human remains there i mean maybe this is a culture that didn't bury people at that site you know maybe they took them and buried them somewhere else um i really don't know what the site was for it seems like it's it was meant for permanent use if it would have taken all that effort to build it it doesn't seem like it would be um the easiest of sites to just like build and leave but what they were doing there i don't know i mean my speculation really kind of goes to you know it had something to do with food i mean if you see animal bones you see areas for grain processing you know maybe they were making you know like maybe it was a site like a factory type site to like produce you know bread water meat and people would come and get bread water and meat there I don't know you know but if there's also housing areas I mean who lived there maybe the people who were in charge of the animal whatever was happening with the butchering of the animals the grain processing the rainwater collection um maybe it was a center of worship and then they had those areas where they would have to like produce a lot of food like if you would think that a lot of people would be building the site if it really did take 50 100 150 200 people per se you know and if that's only men you know that means that there would likely be women and children as well and so that would be like over that amount of people and maybe families people tribes would come visit that area for a center of worship maybe they would lodge there and you know maybe it was a culture where they would you know collect the bones of the dead people if anyone were to die and they wouldn't be buried there like there are cultures that don't you know leave their dead 
body bones at the site where it dies you know it's like even if you think of our you know if I think of you know modern American western culture you know usually if someone dies you don't just bury them like right in the spot like you usually take them to a spot to get buried so it would make sense sometimes like if you find an area that looks like an interesting structure of some sort and then there's nobody actually buried in it because you know I think humans don't tend to just like bury people just wherever they bury them like they tend to have designated places or even some cultures carry the bones of their dead or things like that um I don't know like there could have been a lot of different options of things that could have happened but um uh so Dr. Lee Claire I believe he was the one that believed that the place was filled with people, like, potentially maybe living there, people living there. Others, I don't know if they really believe that, but because of these other types of things, you know, they kind of believe that. But it is interesting, if there's no domesticated plants, you know, nothing was being grown at the site. So it sounds like things were getting produced there or brought there, and, you know, grain was potentially produced animals were butchered and there was water potentially um and some housing potentially um but they do mention that thing about the three layers that I don't really understand what that was like they say that there's like three layers um of different categories of things um they mention that uh there's a portion called Pillar 43, uh, a stone that's called the Vulture Stone. They state that this is potentially a timestamp for a comet that struck the Earth 13,000 years ago. This was uh, something that Martin Sweatman said, and people argue against that. I mean, people argue against all of it because there's not like any clear proof. There's not like a written document or something that's like these people did this and then there's all this proof of like them living there and like remains of who it was and you know the exact culture of who the people were and you can connect it to who did it and like the history of how they got there and what they were doing like there's none of that there's just these few pieces of evidence um that haven't been found you know even before 1994 by anyone modern that knew that it even existed. So this is a lot of quite new information. Um, And they state that there are about 12 or so, I think they said a dozen, or maybe it was multiple dozen, but it sounded like they said a dozen other sites um, with similar types of T-shaped pillars um, that have been excavated in Turkey. Um, and so, um, it's not uncommon for these, like, T-shaped pillar sites to be found. Um, and I don't know if they say what those other sites were, but it sounds like this was, like, part of some kind of culture or some known method of creating some kind of structure in an area that this was something that came up around that area um 
they stay okay so when it comes to you know I, I think we mentioned you know Damascus one of the older the oldest cities they say Jericho um is one of the um oldest cities uh from 12,000 years old and it's still inhabited um I think they say that's the oldest city that's still inhabited since 12,000 years ago uh, and has been inhabited since that point so there's not really too much of like mysteries there because it's like okay like they can trace who's been there um I believe they can trace who's been there most of the time uh Jericho doesn't really have anything to do with this but it's just one of those things when they start talking about like cities and different regions and stuff um and so I guess part of my kind of concluding thoughts kind of on my end is that uh like why is it that uh we're taught that people of the ancient world were less intelligent to some extent like that is kind of like assumed right that they were less intelligent because um, they hadn't figured out how to do things more similarly to how we do things now with a lot of stuff. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I do consume a lot of content about different cultures, obviously, and I do like watching a lot about, you know, ancient cultures and even uh, modern day people who live like in ancient traditional societies and things like that um I've watched plenty of types of documentaries about you know hunter-gatherer tribes um that still uh that still exist still use like their old methods old traditions old technologies um and you know they have a lot of skills They have tons of skills, tons of advanced knowledge that those of us who live in like Los Angeles, for example, or whatever, um, if we're born and raised out here, you know, there's stuff that we can't do in our technologically updated cities. Like we don't know how to do certain things. Like if you threw me in the middle of a forest or a jungle or whatever, I wouldn't know what to do other than what I've maybe read or seen on occasion and I probably would end up eating the wrong thing or dying of thirst or hunger like I don't think I could fend for myself um I don't really have like nature skills like that um they say that um yeah so well anyways yeah so all these like updated cities you know we don't practice or have knowledge of the stuff that a lot of these other people in these uh hunter-gatherer tribes do and you know we're still coexisting on earth at the same time that they are and we're just advanced in our own ways we learn how to survive in our own environments i mean if you threw me into an environment with a group of people who could teach me how to do stuff i could learn how to do it and vice versa if you throw any of those guys into like a modern technological city and they could figure out how to do everything quickly like we're humans we adapt we learn how to do things um but 
it doesn't really mean that people are necessarily smarter or better. Um, it's just a different way of living. That's the way I see it anyways. Um, some examples, you know, that I've seen kind of more recently, but kind of know about, you know, um, like some tribes in Papua New Guinea, um, some tribes in like Tanzania, there's all kinds of tribes all over. And I think about like some tribes that use like shamanistic practices, uh, plant medicines, like different types of psychedelics, things like, like combo, sapo, all types of, you know, like psilocybin, um, all different, you know, ayahuasca, all, all types of things that, in my opinion, that's advanced medicine. Um, it's advanced medicinal technology that, you know, and maybe this is a controversial opinion, um, but I, in my opinion, that's advanced knowledge of medicine. A lot of these medicines people, you know, use, they take them, they have a benefit from it, and it doesn't work like our common, you know, over-the-counter or prescribed uh, types of, you know, modern medicine. Um, I would say that that's more advanced than what we use, uh, what we're legally allowed to often use, oftentimes, you know, um, a lot of the medicines, I'm not knocking it, if people use like antidepressants or, you know, benzos or whatever, like people do what they got to do, it's their body, their mind, you know, but um, I've had plenty of experience with plant medicines, and I would say that they're definitely beneficial um, if you, you know, have a method for yourself. And of course, it's not like 100% for everybody. There's still risk involved. But also with modern medicine, there's risk involved. So, you know, I I, I prefer it, honestly. Um, but um, to each their own. But that's just kind of an opinion that I have when it comes to thinking about, like, ancient ideas and modern ideas. I really don't think overall that you know, just because something's modern, it's better. Um, there's a lot of people that revert back to some ancient ways of doing things and find benefits. I believe the hippies did that, you know, they started doing things differently and found a lot of benefits to living a lifestyle that was different from what they were, how they were raised to live and what they were raised to believe. And they were challenging a lot of things. And, um, you know, the whole like counterculture. And I like, I like that kind of thing. Um, I think it's, in my opinion, it's kind of good to be knowledgeable of other things. Choose kind of what works for yourself. Uh, if it's the healthiest version of what you can do. And it doesn't really mean that it's, you know, it's different. It might be different than others, but you know, it doesn't make you worse or um less than you know there's plenty of stuff that I don't do that a lot of modern people do like most people know I'm pretty against television most people know I'm pretty against a lot of things and yeah I'm considered a little odd and weird by most of my friends like um with the things that I do or don't do and things I do or don't consume 
either into my body or into my mind like I just have my own way of living and a lot of it does have some kind of ancient relevance to it but also it's like it works for me it works for me better than what I was taught was going to work for me so um yeah and one of the other points um I guess uh one of the last types of points in these notes as I'm scrolling to see if I've forgotten anything. Well, maybe um, two last points. Um, one was that I wasn't sure if this site... Uh, one question I had was if the site had any kind of astronomical or astrological type of relevance. Like when, for example, like Stonehenge, the pyramids, things like that. There are places where, you know, they have some kind of uh, um, uh, significance with, like, constellations or, like, the the solstices, equinox, whatever. Um, and, you know, um, they're, they have relevant, relevance in that way. Um, I wasn't sure if Gobekli Tepe had anything like that. Um, uh, I'm looking it up really quick. I can't really (laughs) astronomy. (laughs) Okay, astronomy. (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to spell here. Um, and so. I don't know, like, um, it says people suggest that the site was aligned with the night sky and particularly the star Sirius, uh, they say that local people worshipped the star like other cultures in the region did thousands of years later, potentially. Um, And some people are asking if it was the first um, astronomical observatory. Um, I mean, that's a cool idea. Um... Let me see. I'm trying to see what they say. If they say that they found anything. Uh, Two celestial points. One suggests aligned with the night sky. Particularly the star Sirius. Because of the people worshipping Sirius. And then claims that the carving record a comet impact that hit the earth at the end of the ice age. Um... So, potentially, they built the site to commemorate that? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know these people. Um, but, yeah, the reasons for building, uh, we don't know. And then there's also this uh, um, last kind of note that I was kind of thinking 
about like, you know, if we were to compare to today, you know, we often build modern structures, uh, stadiums, theme parks, entertainment areas, like places that can be abandoned. They're not used for dwellings. Sometimes they're in the middle of nowhere significant. Like I know this area in San Diego, um, in Chula Vista, there's this water park. I don't even know if it's still open, but I don't know if it's still there. I don't know. But there's a um there's a an outdoor amphitheater down there and um near right near it there is or was a water park and all the times I'd been to that amphitheater I'd never really seen anybody at the water park. I'd never heard of anybody going or anything. I mean, that's not really, like, a, a very um, important example, but I'm just thinking, like, there are a lot of sites, you know, that get abandoned, um, that were built for some reason or another, um, entertainment, sports, whatever it may be, um, like, you see some, uh, places in, like, you know, Russia or whatever, and it's, like, this place was there, and now nobody uses it, and nobody lives here anymore, and that kind of thing. Um, and who knows what people would think about, you know, a sports arena or something. Like, it doesn't look like this is, like, a site for sports. Um, but, you know, just because nobody was, like, living in it, uh, pretend, or it doesn't seem like anyone was living in it, um, they're like, well, what, what was it, you know? Um, but also, again, you know, they haven't fully excavated the whole site. They haven't gone down all the way to get to the bottom of every single part. And like they're mentioning, there's these other layers. And I'm wondering if they're going to find something related to, um, uh, uh, housing or dwelling or, um, I don't know, like, Maybe they just built it to worship there, to commemorate things or whatever. Um, but it sounds like a lot of effort if it wasn't being used for anything that was of a very important significance. Um, and it's hard to know who would make it and why. And why there's no record of which people made it. Why it was it seems like it was buried on purpose. Like, there's all these, like, weird questions that are just like, what the heck, you know? So, um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still interested in this site. Um, I'd love to see it one day. There's a lot of stuff I'd love to see someday, but, um, yeah, I wonder, I just wonder, you know? Um, but check out the information about it. Um, don't always take my word for exactly what, you know, what, you know, I'm going by what I hear, what I read, what I've seen around and stuff, and, um, just trying to, like, compile the information. It's a very informal, you know, research that's mostly through the internet, so I don't have access to any knowledge that anybody else, you know, wouldn't have access to. Like, if you want to look up this stuff, and, you know, just make sure it's accurate, because sometimes I write my notes wrong, and sometimes I say things wrong, and sometimes I don't really understand what's going on either, so, um, yeah, I don't want to say wrong things, but I try to the best of my ability to kind of get it as accurate as I can, um, but I hope, 
I hope this was of interest of interest and um thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for for more.